Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hello, everybody. I'm James Coe, and you're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. A big show for us today. We talk about RB2s. We know the top 10. At least I think we do. But who should you target as your second running back? Plus, big bounce-back players as well. RG3 at the top of that list. And Fantasy 2 a days continues. We look at the Packers and the Minnesota Vikings today on NFL Fantasy Live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to NFL Fantasy Live, the official fantasy football show of the National Football League. James Coe here alongside the Admiral Akbar Baja Bia Miller and Elliot Harrison. Guys, I'm super excited about this show, super pumped. Fantasy football signups, they start right now. Yeah, it's here right now. Let's do it. Okay. All good. Today on NFL Fantasy Live, day three of our Fantasy Two Days, and we're telling you everything you need to know about the Packers and Vikings fantasy prospects in 2014. Is Aaron Rodgers worthy of the top QB spot over Breeze and Manning? We'll find out. Plus, who are the players who had let down years in 2013 but should be back on your draft radar this season? We're going to give you a list of our top ten bounce-back candidates. And who is number one? Find out which player our experts say. You have to grab if you land the top pick in your fantasy draft this year. NFL Fantasy Live presented by DirecTV starts right now. Hello, 
everybody, and welcome to NFL Fantasy Live, the official fantasy football show of the National Football League. James Coe here alongside the Admiral, and also he was DJing during the break there. <laughs> Sweet. Akbar Basha, Pia and Elliot Harrison. Fantasy football signups now underway at NFL.com slash fantasy, so be sure to go there and either join a league or reactivate an old one. After the show, we're all very, very hungry. Yes. What's the meal that you're going to get? Uh, I'm going for a protein shake. I'm always healthy. Look at this unlike, unlike this one, hey. I'm going for a protein shake. Oh, c- calm down there. Can I just say, <laughs> this, is, this is my first fantasy live yeah. shot across the bow. The open of our show, our, our set, everything this looks clean. awesome. It, it looks amazing. This great. is yeah. tight, it looks amazing. Man. It looks amazing. Does and you look amazing, pal. I don't know if anyone says that anymore. <laughs> let's get to it. Let's All go. right, let's get to the top headlines for today, shall we? And we will start in Cleveland. Because on Tuesday... Browns head coach Mike Pettin announced quarterbacks Brian Hoyer and Johnny Manziel will split first-team snaps during the week's uh, team's Week 2 preseason game versus Washington on Monday. But who's going to play first? It's a big question. Starter is expected to be named on Thursday. Guys, we know our Fantasy Hall of Famer Michael Fabiano loves him some Johnny football. Yeah, he does. Because running quarterbacks tend to do pretty well. But what do you think Johnny football's fantasy season is kind of playing out to be? Is he a guy that you should stash on your roster as a potential QB2 in standard 10-team leagues? Well, let me say this. Uh, hell to the no, because <laughs> when it comes down to Johnny okay. Manziel, it just doesn't work that way. I love his talent. I think he's going to have a future in the National Football League, hence why he was drafted 22nd overall in the NFL. But it doesn't translate over to fantasy. There's one guy that's the X factor here that gives him an ability to be draftable, and that's Josh Gordon. Everything is based on Josh Gordon. Right now, I have him ranked as my 21st quarterback. He's not draftable. I'm staying away from him. You know, I went 2003 when I said tight. Hell to the no. That's got to be circa 94, 95. Uh, You know, Johnny Manziel, I know why Fabs loves him, and I get it. The running ability is great. But unless you're going to take a late-round flyer and feel like stashing perhaps a QB3 on your bench, I'm not a big fan of his either, Akbar. And I agree with you. Everything runs through Josh Gordon. We know the situation there. The other pieces on this offense just aren't strong enough to warrant playing him especially when you get into a playoff run, unless he is something that we are just not expecting, which I doubt. Yeah, don't let his hype, you know, destroy your type. You have a certain type for your roster, don't let him do that to you. I do think, though, that he's maybe rosterable, but maybe not draftable, if that makes any sense. Pick him up on the waiver wire, but wait for him uh, maybe in week four or five. All right, let's talk Cowboys. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones told KRLD-FM that Tony Romo will see, quote, a few series on Saturday versus the Ravens. Romo sat out last week's game as a precautionary measure. Two off-seasons, two back surgeries. He's 34 years old, and maybe that's why fantasy managers are shying away from him. His current average draft position has him as the 12th quarterback taken off the board and on average being taken in the 11th round in 10 teams, ten team leagues. Too high, too low? Elliot, we'll start with do you. Do it in your Jerry Jones voice. I, <laughs> I would Stop never, it. I would never do such a thing unless I was covered by B-roll. I, I would right. have Tony Romo higher than 12. Think about this. The Cowboys last year finished fifth in point score, okay, and they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. What's wrong with this picture? The defense stinks. And guess what? The defense only got worse. Holy cow. Which means the Cowboys are going to be in track meets, right? If the Cowboys are in track meets, what's that mean? Fantasy points for your quarterback. There is no way. No way Tony Romo will be 12th in fantasy points scored. No way. And he's been a consistent position. He's been a top 10 fantasy quarterback year after year after year. But the people don't like him. He, yeah, he's going to be yeah. sitting there in the eighth or ninth round. And that's you exactly where I have him in the eighth round. Take yep. him. All right, per the Houston Chronicle on Wednesday, Arian Foster and Andre Johnson return to practice for the Texans. Both players missed most of training camp due to hamstring injuries. 
So here's the question, Akbar. If Ryan Fitzpatrick is the Texans' starting QB, how do you think that's going to impact Andre Johnson's numbers this season? Well, it's going to impact Andre Johnson's number big time, but that doesn't mean that you don't draft him. You know, there's a time that when we looked at Andre Johnson, he was a guy that you wanted to grab, you know, high, as high as the second round. He's oh, not, absolutely. He's not in that area anymore. He's mm-hmm. the guy that I'm looking to grab somewhere in the fourth round. That's because you can't rely on a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick. We saw that throughout his career. We saw that in that first preseason game. He doesn't give me any reason to believe that somehow he's going to magically get better. But the one good thing about Andre Johnson that you can continue to trust is that even with Matt Schaub meltdown last year, even with Case Keenum coming in there unproven, he still was able to get his and ball out. So you better mm-hmm. believe you're getting a great value at the fourth round with Andre Johnson. He beat Patrick Peterson for two touchdowns in Arizona with Case Keenum throwing he said, the football. He said, I still got it, dog. I still <laughs> got it. That's right. And, and, and to your point, something to keep in mind, uh, in that disastrous 2013, Johnson still managed to collect uh, 109 receptions, 1,400 yards, five touchdowns, pretty good. Top 20 wide receiver, no doubt. But let's take a look at the top 10 scoring wideouts from last year. Josh Gordon, right at the top, and this is a guy who might not even play this year. It's crazy. Demarius Thomas, obviously, there. Calvin Johnson, it's the usual cast of characters. I think the one name that does surprise me on that list, and I mean no disrespect by this, but Antonio Brown, number seven, sitting there. Uh, You know, this is a guy that in the year previous wasn't even in your top 25, and yet he found some great chemistry with Ben Roethlisberger. All right, Calvin Johnson almost always the first wide receiver taken off the board, a universal first-round pick. But, guys, I want you to make a case for another wideout you think could out-transform Megatron. I see what you did there. Wow. I had the little tape deck where the bird flew. I can't remember what that guy's name was. It's the only Transformer we could afford. I think that would be Soundwave. But you can't, yes. But, boy, you're a dork. (laughs) Bigger than me. But but you can afford Des Bryant. You can afford to take him high because I think he could outscore Megatron in this year's season. Basically, here's the thing. I already mentioned the Cowboys were fifth in scoring. They lost Jason Hatcher on defense. They lost DeMarcus Ware on defense. Sean Lee went down to a knee injury, Akbar. I know I'm mentioning defensive players, but Dallas is going to have to score somewhere between 26 and 36 a game, somewhere in that ballpark to beat teams. Who's going to be the playmaker? Is it going to be Terrence Williams? Yeah, he's going to give them something, but this is still the number one in the offense. And, oh, by the way, Jason Witten, Entering year 12, at some point he's going to hit the wall, which means more production for Des Bryant. Well, let me tell you who my guy is. It's got to be Demarius Thomas. You remember last year when everybody was so concerned about mm-hmm. how Peyton Manning was going to distribute the ball between Wes Welker, Julius Thomas, Eric Decker. Well, he still was able to be the constant uh, star there for the Denver Broncos. We saw that in his production. So, for me, it's got to be Demarius Thomas. I mean, he's going to go out there and he's going to get his. He's going to be immune to Emmanuel Sander, Wes Welker, mm-hmm. and Julius Thomas' production. You can believe that because of his physical and athleticism uh, out there on the field, there's just not anybody out there. And then you know Peyton Manning's going to go out there and just throw the ball a ton. I mean, they were at the top in the league throwing the ball, so Damaris is getting his. Elliot, go talk about Brandon Marshall in Chicago. All right, explain me something, Lucy. Okay. How does Brandon Marshall have 11 more catches, okay, and five more touchdowns than Alshon Jeffrey? And everybody talks about Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> How does that happen? He's I'm, new. I'm just asking. I'm throwing it out there. How does a guy catch 100 balls with 12 touchdowns and be underrated? Because you know Brandon Marshall. Alshon was new well, to the fantasy Cookies and season. cream. That's wonderful, Alshon. But at the end of the day, <laughs> Chicago, Chicago, second in the league in scoring last year at 28 per game. I love Brandon Marshall's game. He is consistent. Why not? 
Akbar, uh, Julio Jones is a guy that uh, suffered a major injury last year. Can he come back and be that fantasy stud again? Uh, absolutely. There's nothing that's going to allow me to believe that Julio Jones is going to be nothing but superb in the 2014 season. Think about the first five games. That's all I really need to see from him last season. Yes, he got hurt, but when you look at those five games that he played in last season, 116 reception per game. That's big time. Balling. For, for, so if you do that math, whatever that math is, I'm not very good at it, but I know that's a <laughs> lot of that's a lot of receiving yards for Julio Jones. You can count on him with Roddy White, and that, that running game is going to come alive, though. I believe Devonta Freeman is going to get in there with Jaquiz Roger. That's going to be big for Julio Jones to do his thing. And I will say this. Something to keep in mind in PPR leagues, Antonio Brown was the second highest scoring wide receiver in fantasy last year in that format. 110 catches. Now no Emmanuel Sanders. I'm just saying, you could get a good profit there. All right, let's throw it over to Molly Caraman, Marcus Grant, to talk about players who disappointed last year but could come back big. Molly. Tight toss there, James, I must say. Um, we are going to talk about some <laughs> rebound relationships that we are a fan of. Molly Caram here with NFL.com fantasy editor Marcus Grant. And Marcus, let's talk about some players who had a disappointing last year, but you think that will bounce back this year. We begin in our nation's capital with RG3, who certainly had a sophomore slump overcoming that knee injury. He did, and I think a lot of it was the knee injury. Not even physically, I think a lot of it had to do with him mentally and whether or not he was confident that he could make cuts and he could make all the plays that were used to seeing from him. But he's a full year plus removed from major knee surgery and he's got a nice new weapon on the outside in Deshaun Jackson. You add that to Pierre Garcon, Andre Roberts coming over from Arizona. Don't forget about Alfred Morris in the backfield. There are a lot of guys for Robert Griffin III to get the football to. He's going to use that to his best, the best of his ability. And let's remember, Jay Gruden turned Andy Dalton to a top five fantasy quarterback last year. I don't think anybody's going to argue that RG3 isn't more talented and can't reach that same level. How about Matt Ryan, who gets Julio Jones back in a rejuvenated new contract, Roddy White? Yeah, exactly. And you, you, know, you heard Akbar talk about Julio Jones and what he offers for that Falcons offense. Now, there's no Tony Gonzalez this year, but they're going to spread those targets around between Julio Jones and Roddy White. Devontae Freeman is a nice new weapon, a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield. You still had Jacquez Rodgers in. Maybe Steven Jackson still has something left, but I think Matt Ryan really benefits mostly from having Jones back, and I like some nice things from him this season. Why will Trent Richardson get back on track this year? Because I said so. I mean, okay. I wish it was that easy. Trent Richardson, Hell to the no. All right? I, Trent Richardson has had a had to work it in. off season with the playbook for Pep Hamilton. I think he's been able to watch some film to see where he made his mistakes. The biggest key for him is just to be decisive with the football. He needs to be one cut and go. He can't dance around in the hole. That's his problem. But he's going to get a lot of touches with a lack of depth in that Colts backfield. And I think Richardson is going to be a guy that people are going to sleep on this year but could have some nice numbers. This Texans defense looking pretty good on paper. Jadavian Clowney, the return of Brian Cushing, you're yeah. high on them. And you still got J.J. Watt, of course. He's the man that really makes things go for that defense. Jadavian Clowney is going to be a beast to try and block. I think having those two guys up front rushing the passer, especially with Cushing back as well, is going to force a lot more turnovers than what we've seen from the Texans. And look, in a backward sort of way, Matt Schaub being gone could help. I know it's a pet peeve for fantasy owners, but those pick sixes count against your defense. If you don't have that going against you, that could help the Texans' numbers this year. Not as bad as they showed last season. Here's a look now at your top bounce-back candidates. Again, these are rebound relationships. We are supporting, correct, Marcus? So Absolutely. we've got uh, two Dolphins on there and, of course, the, the two Texans. So thank you kindly. Still to come, how about a game we like to call risk versus reward? Our experts tell you which risky picks in your draft are worth the reward and which guys you need to avoid at all costs. 
And up next, we're talking all things Packers related. Could Eddie Lacy be a top five running back this season? Stick around to find out. This is NFL Fantasy Live. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. James Coe here with Akbar, Baja, Biamula, and Elliot Harrison, also in a Jordan Cameron lookalike. Calm down. Look at it. Calm down. Can we talk Packers? I see it. Please. <laughs> Today I see we're it. tackling the Packers as part of our fantasy two-a-day series. So, guys, let's start with the man under center in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, his current ADP has him as 21, a solid second, third-round pick. Uh, good price for him? Yeah, I think third round is right where you have him. I'm totally solid with that. Aaron Rodgers, your main concern is, is he going to hold the ball too long and get himself hurt, Akbar? No, I don't think he's going to hold the ball too long. I mean, he's got that quick release that we've seen out of Aaron Rodgers. Super quick. And when you look at it now, there's receivers. He still has receivers there. I mean, obviously with Jordan Nelson, Randall Cobb. So he can find those guys who are going to get out open in the the zone areas, allow him to throw that ball out there. For Aaron Rodgers, though, he's an elite quarterback. If you go out there and try to draft him too high, what you end up with is some sort of guy like a Toby Gearhart as your running back. You don't want that. He's awesome, but sometimes you got to know when to live to play another down. That's all I'm saying. Could he be better than Breeze this year? Yes. Yes, no doubt about it. Like no it. no doubt about it. If you take him in the third round, he's better than Breeze. That's a heck of a price. All right. Will Eddie Lacy be a top five running back in 2014, being drafted like he will in a lot of drafts? He's the fifth running back off the board. You, you know, mathematically, I'm going to say that he's not going to be able to do that. And just think about it this way. If you think about the top running backs, Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, uh, McCoy, once you start going down the list, Marshawn Lynch, you might, where does he fit in? It's going to be highly unlikely. But I will tell you, he will push heavy against the top five numbers this year because the way they're going to be committed to the run game, they trust the way Eddie Lacy runs the game. You think about the zone type running that they're going to use for Eddie Lacy, find those holes, find that lane, it's going to be Eddie Lacy. He is a love child of Marshawn Lynch and John Riggins. There is no doubt about that. But, James, we were talking the commercial break. Okay, I've got McCoy, then Charles, Mm -hmm. then Peterson, then Forte. Then I have Marshawn Lynch at the five-hole Eddie Lacy in the sixth hole, he is not a top five. Pushing that five. Yeah, you know, the the thing with me is I just think that Marshawn, he's getting up there. Obviously, he's had a lot of carries, Mm -hmm. and and I'm pretty confident Seattle really wants to get their backup backs some work, especially in terms of a financial standpoint. I know maybe people don't want to hear that, but I think the team is looking at their salary cap number in the future, and they want to get some of that work in for some of their backup backs so they don't have to pay Marshawn Lynch. Don't fall in love with the new car, man. if, If he hits that wall, if Marshawn Lynch hits that wall, all of a sudden, Eddie Lacy's number five. Let's talk about wide receivers. Uh, which Packer wide receiver is going to have the better overall season in 2014? Very, very close. Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Akbar. Uh, talk to us about Randall Cobb. Very explosive. I'm going to go with Randall Cobb. For me, Randall Cobb is 24 years old. Of course, we know that Jordy Nelson just turned 29 years old. So you look at the age factor. Then you look at the speed and athleticism factor. Yeah. It's got to be Randall Cobb. Then you look like, who's got the better guy be. in space? Come on. It's going to be Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb has the ability to be that number one wide receiver for the uh, for the Green Bay Packers. And to me, I don't know that Jordy Nelson can compete. I'm not saying that he's bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm Come not on. saying Jordy Nelson's bad, but it is hey. Randall Cobb. You're a smart man, Big Sexy. Uh-oh. I'm have to disagree with you on <laughs> Why? this one. Why? Uh, Randall Cobb hasn't even had a 1,000-yard season yet, okay? Jordy Nelson's had one of 1,263 and then had over 1,300 yards, 30 touchdowns in the last three years. He's seven years in the league. 30? I don't care. I mean, nobody cares in fantasy draft. No one's drafting and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to take this guy because, I, you know, he's inexperienced. The other guy's played seven Randall Cobb, seven four years, years in, the in the league, and yeah. one of them, he got hurt. So. All right, so you're going on upside, but – 
you can't take somebody based solely on upside. If he's got seven years in the league, that means he's seven years of, of, of film study, seven years of being on the field. I don't think you hit the wall at eight years. The bottom let me, line let me, is, let me, let me end with this. Please. I'll tell you this. He has the ability to separate from coverage, and that's way better than Jordy Nelson. That's what makes him fantasy valuable, and that's what makes him the number one wide receiver. You're talking about Jordy Nelson like you're he's 50. No, I'm not saying that he's 50. What do, you, what do you think Aaron Rodgers wants to get the ball to, the guy who's separating from coverage? Jeez, Louise. He's not Mariano Rivera. I mean, he's... <laughs> We could do it all day, folks. All right, coming up, is Arian Foster bound for a huge rebound year? What about Gronk and Doug Martin? Find out when our experts reveal which risky draft decisions will pay off for you this season. Speaking of Doug Martin, which running back outside of the top ten should you be targeting for your RB2 slot? Find out when NFL Fantasy Live returns. We are just over three weeks away from the start of the NFL season. How about them apples? Meaning you're about two weeks away from drafting your fantasy team. So go to NFL.com slash fantasy right now to sign up for the 2014 season. You can draft anywhere with our all-new mobile and tablet apps as well as watch in-game video highlights across all your devices. We also offer fully customizable leagues. So be sure to go to NFL.com slash fantasy to sign up now. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live, the official fantasy football show of the NFL. Molly Karam with these fine gentlemen. And you guys look so handsome oh, thank and you dapper very much. today. So, so well-dressed. We you stepped it up. Can, you know? I'm yeah. going to start letting you guys pick out my outfits. New couch, new clothes. I love it. It's so, it's so clean. All right, let's talk about some risk versus reward players. These are the guys that are either unproven or have a history of injury. And, Elliot, let's start with Monty Ball, who might not play yeah. until after the season opener with that appendectomy. Yeah, I don't think that he is a high-risk guy, though, Molly. And the reason why is because I don't think he's going to go that high in drafts. Now, I'm a little bit concerned about Monte Ball, but not so much because of the injuries. Look, you don't always need – you can go 0-2, get on the waiver wire, pick up a good guy, and then Monte Ball starts playing for you. You'll be fine. So the early season injury stuff doesn't bother me as much. What does bother me is he only had 140 touches last year, and no Sean Marino was really the bell cow. We haven't seen him do it yet. And with Ronnie Hillman still there, although I never believe in a San Diego State. Oh, oh here we go. Oh, Shots fired. Yeah, that, I'm more concerned about that. But I don't think that anyone's going to go too high for Monte Ball, so I don't consider him a high-risk draft pick. Akbar, let's move on here to Arian Foster. I was at Texans training camp, and all the questions were surrounding if this guy would be ready to go, obviously sidelined with the back last year. But it's got to be a good sign that they cut – Andre Brown, right? Well, yeah, it, it is because you know that they still believe in Arian Foster. But for me, I just need them to stay healthy. You know that they're going to rely on him. They're going to have to rely on Arian Foster because I believe that Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't what they thought they were getting when they brought him into the Houston Texans. And so Arian Foster is going to be a big part of their plan. But my fear is that you continue to play him, you continue to use him as that workhorse, and all of a sudden he starts to show more of the same thing, injury prone. And all of a sudden, last season he missed eight games. What if he gets to 10 and 11 and 12 games this year that he missed? It's just not one of those things I'm willing to take a risk well, on. Well, I, I know the one thing that Aaron Foster wants to do is be a good fantasy teammate this year. I mean, he said that over and over, right? He's just, <laughs> just trying to be a better teammate. I, but I do agree. I think he's going to be a risk in the sense that you just don't know if he's going to stay healthy. He already has some nagging injuries here in camp. The, the one piece of advice I'm giving is if you're taking a chance on Arian Foster, 
Go back later in your draft. Go pick up Jonathan Grimes as your handcuff. Just make sure you have that insurance. He's not going to give you Foster-like production, but you do want to make sure that you have that safety net just in yeah, case. And, and simply said, he's not your number one. He's your number two. You're going to get a lot of value at him as your running back, too. If you're looking for him for that one production, it's over. I know at camp they did say he wasn't in pads the first couple of days, but they do expect him to carry the workload and uh, to thrive in that outside zone blocking scheme. So we shall see. Another question mark, though, Elliot, is Doug Martin. Right. Remember what I said about not being that worried about Ball? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really worried about Doug Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Martin is a huge risk because I do think there's someone in your draft that is going to take him very high and pressure you. If you're in an auction league, that price is going to start going up and you're going to feel the need to bid. Let me tell you, he had 1,454 yards his rookie year. Last year, he had a 4.58. He just didn't have the one comma in front of it. He also averaged a yard per carry less. And you don't know that he's going to play. They invested a third-round uh, draft pick in a running back. I don't know how much Doug Martin is going to play, i.e., is he going to be a 300-carry guy? I don't see it. And I think someone in your draft is going to go for him early. I think he's a majorly high risk given on the ADP. You talk about high risk. How about Percy Harvin? Marcus, I mean, this guy's been injury-plagued since he played in college, and now he just ang- uh, injured his ankle on Tuesday. Is he worth the uh, risk here? He is not worth a high-round risk. I mean, if you're taking him mid to later part of your drafts, I think that's a, a good spot to take Percy Harvin. But, you know, the injury thing, as you mentioned, that is the one thing everybody talks about when you talk about Percy Harvin. He's missed 22 games because of injury in the last couple of years. He played one regular season game last year, and... When he's on the field, he's so dynamic. He has great speed. He catches the football. He gets it out of the backfield. He does so many things in that Seahawks offense. But, Elliot, as you like to say, sometimes a player's best ability ability is his availability. That's the one. And because Harvin has struggled in that area, he's a guy that I'm not putting a lot of stock in unless you're looking at him as a third or fourth wide receiver this year. Akbar, another guy who fantasy owners aren't sure if they can trust is one Rob Gronkowski. He missed 14 regular season games over the last two years. What should owners do about him? Because he's so explosive when when he's in. Just don't draft him as high. I mean, that's what it really comes <laughs> down to. Don't draft him as high as you want to. Draft him somewhere around the fourth round. I think fourth or fifth round, if he's still available, the chances are he won't be because somebody's still looking for Rob Gronkowski to do the Gronk thing. And Rob Gronkowski's had one injury after the other injury. And to me, this thing starts to see like it's starting to pile up for Rob Gronkowski. But I, I do like Rob Gronkowski, and the reason why he's injury-prone, I think you need to understand that he plays the game on the brink of disaster. That means he plays with no personal regard or no regard for personal safety, and so that always puts him in harm's way. He's physical on the line. He's physical in his route running, and he's going to go out there and he's going to get it. He's going to die for the ball. So he doesn't think about safety as much, he is, as, much as everybody else would like him to. That's what puts him as a big risk. Just don't draft him as high. He reminds me of Mark Bavaro or Jeremy Shock. He plays physical. When you play that physical and you just take on tacklers, you're asking for a shoulder injury. You're asking for a dislocated elbow. And that's the problem. He plays the game how he lives. That's hard and fast. Oh, that's <laughs> there for you sure. Go. That's there true. it is. Growing up Gronk, hard knocks there. All right, still to come, we'll tell you which running backs to target as your RB2s. These are the players you need to land to solidify your fantasy backfield if you truly want to take home the gold this year. NFL Fantasy Live rolls on. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. James Go here alongside Marcus Grant and Elliot Harrison. Remember, you can always tweet the show with any of your fantasy-related questions by hitting us up on Twitter at NFL Fantasy. All right, let's take a look at the top 10 running backs on NFL.com based on their current draft positions. These are the first 10 RBs coming off the board right now. 
in mock drafts on NFL.com. Mm. No surprise, Adrian Peterson at the top of the list, LaShawn McCoy, Jamal Charles. Man, I think you can really interchange those guys, one, two, and three. Matt Forte is right there. Marshawn Lynch, number five. Eddie Lacy is number six. Arian Foster, Marco Murray, Le'Veon Bell, and Monty Ball. All right, guys, let's talk about RB2s, though. That's a solid cast of characters right yeah, there. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. It is. And by the way, Highlander, not Sean Connery's best film. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Solid film in general, though. Yes. I love the TV show, but moving on. Giovanni <laughs> Bernard. Uh, this guy is such a hot topic right now in fantasy. And, Marcus, I know you're really, really high on Gio. I am. I, I think of him, I, I was calling him an RB one and a half, basically. Exactly. Like he's, he's not quite a two. He's not quite a one. He's kind of a tweener. He's a guy I see going probably you know, mid to late second round, possibly in the third round if people are sleeping on him a little bit but I like the fact that he's going to get a lot of touches. The Bengals are going to use him in all sorts of different ways as a runner, as a pass catcher. I like what Hugh Jackson has done consistently with running backs in the past. My only fear Jeremy Hill. He is going to be a touchdown vulture and I made the uh, the reference a couple days ago that Aaron McFadden, one of his big seasons with Hugh Jackson, yep. he had a ton of yards, he had a ton of catches. But he wasn't the thumper. Michael Bush led the team in rushing touchdowns. That's the problem. Elliot Harrison? Yes. Tell him why he's wrong. <laughs> well, you're wrong because of what you just said. I mean, here's the problem. That's great if you get 900 yards rushing and 600 yards receiving, which I could see, but I could also see a five-touchdown year. And if you're talking about him being a tweener, you're saying at the bottom of the first round you got to look at taking him. I think that's a little a little early for him. I think he is a second-round pick. Yeah, I think he's more of a second-round guy. guy. I think he's a second-round guy. I think I know right now his ADP is at three. I think that's moving up. I think you'll see him kind of mid to late second round before it's done. Let's talk about Alfred Morris. Elliot, I know you're high on him. I am, and I'm actually higher on him than Gio Bernard. Oh, watch out. Just just so you know, look, the Redskins are going to have to rely on him. RG3 took a big step backwards last year. How do you help your quarterback out? I always hear that it's the tight end. I'll take a tailback. This guy proved it his rookie season. I think he's going to get a ton of work. I think... This guy will run for at least one five, 1,500 yards. 1,500? Yes, 1,500 yards for Alfred Morris the table in 2014. <laughs> he is a first-round pick. If you're sitting there at 8 or 9 in the first round, you take Alfred Morris. All right. I'm going to wax poetic about Andre Ellington. I okay. like this guy. Yeah, I like this guy a lot. Very explosive. Love his game. Very explosive. Uh, I, I love the fact that they're going to use him and feature him in Arizona. He had to sit uh, sit behind Rashard Mendenhall last year. But, man, I think this year he could absolutely blow up. This is his year. Stephon Taylor's his only backup. I don't think it's going to really push him for a lot of carries. I think he's going to get the bulk of the work, especially in PPR leagues. Ellington, in limited action last year, caught 40 Balls. Yes. Limited action. Good receiver. I think last year he had about 1,000 total yards, four touchdowns. Obviously not that impressive, but I think this year I could see him surpassing 1,500 total yards, eight to ten touchdowns, and 50 catches. If you get this guy in a PPR league, now we're pushing him into RB1 territory, and that those are the kind of RB2s you really want to get. Those guys with upside, the only fear for me is can he carry that workload over a 16-game season just big because we don't know yet. That's a very big question mark. Marcus, I want to stay with you. Uh, Toby Gerhardt, he had to sit behind Adrian Peterson uh, for a couple years. Now he's the featured back with Jacksonville. There's a lot to like about Toby Gerhardt. There's a lot to like about Toby. Gerhardt. And I think because he sat behind Adrian Peterson, that's one of the things that I like about him. You look at his numbers, and they don't jump out at you because no, they had that other guy in Minnesota who was pretty good. But he's got a lot of tread left on the tires. Yes. The opportunities, he did get to start and play. He made the most of them. You look at the numbers in his six career starts, 67 and a half rushing yards. 
I know that doesn't blow anybody away, but <laughs> he looked good when he got the football. No the other thing I like about it is Gus Bradley in Jacksonville, he is a former Seattle guy, yes. and he has said they want to use Gerhardt the way the Seahawks mm. use Marshawn Lynch. That has to get you excited. When you look at what else they have in Jacksonville, the quarterback situation is still unsettled. They've got a lot of young wide receivers. They're going to give Toby Gerhardt the ball. He's going to be their workhorse. He could be a guy that approaches 300 carries this year, and that is yep. very rare now. You know what? Your analysis is exciting me. And I, busted <laughs> not, no, I, I busted you about Gio Bernard. One yeah. thing, you don't have to sub Toby Gerhardt when you're inside the five. Okay. Right? And that's the problem I worry about For with sure. Jeremy Hill in Cincinnati. Toby Gerhardt can stay on the field. No reason he can't get 8 to 10 rushing touchdowns. Elliot, I want you to talk about Rashad Jennings. This is a guy who's quietly been a contributor yes. in fantasy circles for a number of years. I mean, he's missed a lot of games, yes. Yep. But when he gets in there, he's actually pretty effective. Can he actually start and star for the Giants this year? I think he can. I mean, we were introduced to Rashad Jennings as a handcuff for MJD a few years ago. No there were some solid starts for this guy in Oakland last year. Now in New York, they want to limit Eli Manning, the guy that just handed him the ball. They want to limit his 27 interceptions, which, oh, by the way, led the league. How do you do that? You throw quick passes and you run the football who's going to be catching those quick passes number 23 who's going to be running the football number 23 if he gets you a thousand yards rushing and catches 50 balls for you and scores eight touchdowns you're going to get a steal in your draft because I don't think people are going to be production they are not going to be moving up at at pick number 13 or 14 for Rashad Jennings so I think if you're sitting there and you're in the mid mid of the second round or early third round you have to start thinking about taking he worries about Andre Williams going Brandon Jacobs and getting those goal line touches no, not really. I think every team is going to running back by committee, but New York should run the ball more than they did last year. They don't. They can't afford Eli throwing 27 interceptions. <laughs> Forget don't want to. They can't afford it yeah. in the NFC East. They're going to have to run the football. It doesn't matter if Andre Williams gets some carries. I will say this: if you're going to draft, uh, if you're going to draft Rashad Jennings, you have to absolutely have to handcuff him to Andre Williams. So you want to invest there. All right, coming up, our researchers have dug up a nice stat on quarterbacks. A stat so good. It's going to sway you into thinking about who to draft come draft day. You don't want to miss it. Plus, our Fantasy Two-A-Days continues as we break down the Minnesota Vikings. Should you believe the hype surrounding Norv Turner regarding Kyle Rudolph and Cordero Patterson? Find out when NFL Fantasy Live returns. Steps up, looks, throws in the middle, touchdown, Reggie! Take your draft to the next level with the official fantasy draft board of the NFL. The kit includes easy-to-use player labels, stickers, and room for up to 16 teams in 20 rounds. Be sure to check it out at NFL.com slash draft board. And time now for Greatness on the Road, presented by Courtyard by Marriott. Marcus Grant is here with me to help things out, and we had to get that board out of there fast right. and straight to my apartment. Of course, absolutely. Pretty sweet. If you came over for a draft, you'd be pretty impressed. All right, I'll, I'll bring pizza. Okay, awesome. Love sweet. it. We're going to look at the defenses that allowed the most fantasy points on their home turf to quarterbacks last year. So the Raiders, Broncos, and Giants unceremoniously top that list. Let's take a look at some quarterbacks who face these teams on the road, which should boost your fantasy roster. And, Marcus, we start with Colin Kaepernick. I know you like him. He plays five of those ten teams on the board. Yeah, he does. In fact, he starts it with the Cowboys on the road in Dallas. And, look, I I know Elliot Harrison talked about how things are going with the Cowboy defense. They have regressed from last year, which that's saying quite a bit. 
Plus, the way the Niners plan to run their offense this year, they may not be quite as run heavy. They've added some weapons in the passing game. Stevie Johnson comes over in the trade, and you still have Kaepernick's ability to run the football. There are a lot of reasons to like him. The Cardinals being on this list, they were surprisingly really bad at home last year against quarterbacks. They may be a team that you can take advantage of, especially with Daryl Washington not in the mix this year. Yeah, getting those NFC East defenses uh, helps. certainly helps. Yes, Offset the Legion of Boom. <laughs> Moving on to Philip Rivers, another guy you're high on because of his road schedule. Yeah, the, he has the games against the AFC West, the teams like the Raiders, even the Broncos had some problems last year in their secondary. Of course, Philip Rivers had a nice resurrection last season under Mike McCoy in the first year. And now they've got not only uh, Antonio Gates at the tight end spot, but Ladarius Green could be a sneaky weapon. You add that to Keenan Allen, and the good things could happen for Phil Rivers. Ryan Tannehill playing four of those teams that gave up the most fantasy points, and he has to be excited not facing uh, facing Rex Ryan and Bill Belichick a quarter of the season there, getting yeah. a break from them. He does get a little bit of a break from them. I know it's a little bit of a surprise because Ryan Tannehill is not a guy you think of immediately, but he gets the Bills on the road. He does get the Patriots, who did have some problems at times last year on the road. I mentioned the Raiders are on that list. The Broncos on that list as well. So Ryan Tannehill, he's a QB two in a lot of leagues, but maybe a sneaky play depending on the matchup that week. Another way to get a competitive edge here, Marcus. Good stuff. That was greatness on the road presented by Courtyard by Marriott. For more now, let's send it over to James and the guys. Gentlemen. All right. Thanks, Molly. James Coe here with Akbar, Baja Biamila, and Elliot Harrison. We continue our fantasy two-a-days by looking at the Vikings. They add Norv Turner as the offensive coordinator. And all of a sudden, Ooh. Kyle Rudolph becomes a pretty chic name in fantasy circles. Chic. <laughs> Very chic. <laughs> Elliot, uh, talk to me about Norv Turner. What's his impact going to be for the Vikings? I think it's going to be a solid impact. When you look at Norv Turner's history, the running back and tight end position have always been productive because what his offenses do. You're not going to see a lot of spread formations with four wide receivers. The tight end is going to be going out on pass routes most of the time. So if your tight end is primarily a receiver, he's going to get more targets. That's the Rudolph part. I know you're going to poo-poo that. As far as the running back (laughs) position, running backs in Norv's offense always catch passes almost every year in his offense the lead running back has caught at least 44 balls let me take you to when I was with North Turner uh, with the Oakland Raiders what he did especially in practice and what we did for game planning he's going to run a lot of those intermediate routes his intermediate routes are a little longer than most 10 to 12 Mm -hmm. yards for the intermediate routes your posts your corners Mm -hmm. your digs and then for the deep ones I mean they're running them 15 to 18 yards but the thing about uh, North Turner and his offense he loves to stress the safeties by sending verticals and then once he stresses the the vertical routes all of a sudden what happens those safeties they become like oh my goodness what am I doing so now all of a sudden you have the zones that are a lot bigger so that puts the tight end one-on-one with the linebackers and those zones become very big and that's why the receivers as well do really well in North Turner's offense right, if we can uh, obviously he's got some big names that he's worked with yep. let's take a look at some of the notable tight ends and, and their best seasons wow that looks like North Elliot is that, is that Elliot or Jordan <laughs> Cameron I don't have a mustache like Novacek <laughs> oh, oh relax pal Elliot, you look like Jordan Cameron from the. From, hey, look at these numbers. Look at Antonio Gates, 2009. And going to what you were talking about, you look at the yards per catch. Yeah. If those routes are five yards deeper, that's five more yards for your tight end every time he catches catch. the ball. Yeah, that's and great. Look, he's worked with a lot of teams. His one year in San Francisco, Frank Gore, 1,695 yards that, rushing and 61 that's catches. Insane. That has everything to do with the scheme and how he does it. He's going to stress, stress your safeties to create zones. 
fantasy prospects for Kyle Rudolph. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> Don't team me up. I know what you want to say. Listen, tell, 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 just, tell just the Just give the people out there what you think Kyle Rudolph might do for the upcoming season. All right, I, I'm ready for you. I think that <laughs> Kyle Rudolph is going to have a nice season. I think Kyle Rudolph catches 60 balls for the Vikings in 2014, and I give him six to seven touchdowns. I like him in this offense. I think he does have talent, James. And we have seen when he's been healthy that he can be a productive target. He's a big target yeah. for a young quarterback. If Bridgewater gets in there, is it? if you're Teddy Bridgewater, aren't you going to look for your big target over the middle that you can see when you're behind that line? Sometimes I wonder, though, when you talk about Norv Turner and the tight ends, is it talent? Is it scheme? I think it's a little bit of both. I'm not sure Kyle Rudolph is long on talent. I think he's a great blocker. Huge guy, and he can make life a lot easier for Cordero Patterson and, of course, Adrian wait, Peterson. This will be the wait, first wait, time wait. that Kyle Rudolph in his career will have 100 targets. You wait. watch in North Turner's and, offense. And just for the record, like Jay Novacek, five Pro Bowls. In five years with the Cardinals before joining the Cardinals, he had to, uh, before joining Dallas, he hadn't even caught 100 balls. I think we could talk okay? about this all day. <laughs> We've got to move We're on. Here. Can we talk about Adrian Peterson? I mean, there's nobody in this room bigger on AP than you, uh, You know, I love Adrian Peterson. Let me tell you something. For all those haters who don't think that uh, Adrian Peterson's hands are strong, shake his hand. I've, sh- I've shook oh, his hand. I mean, it's strong. So he has the hands to catch the ball, and that's what I expect for Adrian Peterson. He is going to be more involved in the passing game than ever. You talked about Frank Gore, Elliott, and all the other running backs who receiving yards go up. I'm predicting for Agent Peterson get this 500 yards, over 60 receptions for uh, this season, and then his running game. They're going to have to rely on him because they're still uncertain at that quarterback position. So if it's Teddy Bridgewater, they're going to rely on Agent Peterson. If it's Matt Castle, heck, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. You have to rely on a talent like Adrian Peterson. Talk to me, guys, about Cordero Patterson. Can he take the top off of this defense? And do you see Norv Turner being creative with Cordero? Absolutely, and I'll tell you why. Because when we were game planning being with Norv Turner, he would take about four shots a quarter. That's about 12 shots a game. He was not afraid to throw it down. Whereas a lot of quarterback, uh, excuse me, coaches and coordinators, they love to kind of play it safe and strategize. Norv Turner says, you know what? Let's just take shots down the field. Hmm. So that means you're gunning it down the field. And again, that's going back to... Sending those verticals, you're going to see a lot of that from Patterson. But, uh, but Elliot, there's big questions at quarterback. Can they get it downfield to yeah, Cordero? I'm, I'm not ready to anoint the gold jacket to Cordero just yet. It's year two, okay? He caught 45 <laughs> passes last year. If Matt Castle is a quarterback, a somewhat proven commodity, somewhat, I would take Cordero in the sixth round. If it's Teddy Bridgewater, I go eighth round. I see a lot of check downs for Teddy Bridgewater. I think he will be going to the running back and tight end, which, of course, will limit those big vertical plays for Cordero. I know it's not a big part of his offense, but I do still see North Turner being able to throw some screen passes out to Cordero, maybe upping his value in PPR leagues. A name to keep in mind, if you're drafting Adrian Peterson, rookie running back out of Georgia Southern, Jarek McKinnon. You got to YouTube him. The kid is solid. When we come back, it's the moment we've all been waiting for. Our experts reveal who you should draft if you land the highly coveted number one pick in your standard snake draft. NFL Fantasy Live is back in the field. All right, welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live, presented by DirecTV. I'm James Coe here with all the guys. All right, so we saw the top guns from 2013. Peyton Manning obviously sitting pretty at the top, widely being taken as the first quarterback this year. But should he be taking number one overall, taking a quarterback as a number one? Sounds like crazy talk, quite frankly. But can anyone here actually make a case that Peyton should be taking number one? Marcus? Uh, I, I'm not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> not that guy. Yeah, and I, I know what he did. It was fantastic. Yeah. But, Unbelievable. But just because there are so few bona fide number one running backs, 
if you're at that number one spot, you've got to get one of those guys. Just it's positional scarcity. It really is exactly what it is. You get the guy that there are a few of. And so, you know, if you, if you have a chance at Sean McCoy, Jamal Charles, et cetera, that's the guy you go get. Well, and also think about this, too, with Peyton Manning. Of course, last season was, I feel like it was an anomaly because you're not going to see that again. You think about the history in the NFL and think about the guys who've had Most big ever. seasons. Like like Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, you go back to Tom Brady. The next season, they're not putting up the same type of number. I mean, there's a drastic drop-off from what they did the previous year. So if you're drafting Peyton Manning number one, thinking you're going to get 50, 40 touchdowns, like, stop it. It's not going to happen. You just wait to the position. Pump those breaks, baby. Yes, a- yes, Akbar, yes. I want to stay with you. Uh, I think you, you're, you're in that Adrian Peterson camp. Am I right in saying yeah, that? I, absolutely. You if know, you've for, got that number one overall pick. Th- that's what you should do. If you're going to go number one, you might as well as go with the strongest running back who, oh, by the way, has a brand new offensive coordinator who's known for making the magic happen with no running doubt. backs. It's Adrian Peterson. I love Adrian Peterson as the number one pick. I'll never switch from that idea. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.